and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. It is Sunday, August 20th, 2017. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio, and you can write into the mailbag at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. Wow, that's a bunch of ads. Uh, watch out for those ad ads, Luke. Um, it's a it's a busy show today, and I've got a lot to share with you in this bonus length episode, including a nerdcore jam from Ambush Vin and the new single from local band Flicker and Fade's debut EP to get you hyped for their first show this week in Seattle. Um, I reconnected with some old friends from my college radio station at the annual KGRG Awards Banquet, and I saw Annabelle Creation in 4DX, and I'll tell you all about that. Plus, I've got a song for you about punching Nazis. All of that and more, but first... So I've got some Potter and Family related shout outs this week. Uh, the first is for the Poop Culture Podcast. Um, they've uh, they've included me in a hand-selected Twitter DM group uh, that they set up for shows. Um, uh, there's about 50 other podcasters uh, that have supported them with tweets and retweets. And I just think it's really cool to be welcomed and included. I've been watching the stream of DMs, uh, I want to say, over the the last day or so and it's it's really cool it's kind of like this mini community i guess uh where everybody is sharing their shows and promos and all of this uh um really cool stuff so actually as soon as i get done recording and loading this i am going to share it with that group so i'm uh, uh really looking forward for the opportunity to uh participate um speaking of potter and family i want to give a shout out to the quad father along with david the producer from the unwritable rant podcast and shane from the now that i'm older podcast uh they've been doing a series of shows and podcasts recently uh with some really good potter and family tutorials and other cool helpful stuff because like um uh potter and family has become like this this really cool uh grassroots diy uh podcast movement where we all just kind of support each other um but with something that's gotten so large uh inevitably there's uh been some uh questions concerns and um, I was uh, um, talking with uh, uh, Dave, uh, my buddy Dave Sanders, um, about his new show, and he was asking me about Potter and Family. So I kind of, I kind of steered him this direction. Um, they, uh, um, they've got a handful of episodes. I think the most recent episode has to do with Twitter growth. Um, I'm a couple episodes behind, so I'm not totally sure. But regardless, uh, check out at Potter and Family on Twitter and their pin tweet for their latest show. Um, again, really good stuff like a Potter and Family 101 that just kind of um, gives you a really good overview about what all of this stuff that we're talking about. It's a, it's a, a really cool resource for um, DIY podcasters. Do you guys know what time it is? It is time for us to do like we do at this time every week. It is the Weekend Roundup. Guess what? I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. That's cowbell sounds, and then uh, yee sounds, and uh, nay, that's a horse that they're riding. 
Lessos. And, um, I mean, bling, 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 cowbells. They giddy up, and there's a sunset, and then drop. Weekend roundup. Wow. What does a cowbell say? You're going to want that cowbell. It's still funny. <laughs> and officially uh, on the Monday Project radio show, uh, which you can catch every Monday night on 89.9 KGRGFM. Um, I, I was listening to their show uh, this last week, Elijah and Desmond, and they used the same weekend roundup that I use. So that's uh, that's kind of a, a cross up and, and a, a shared thing that we have together. Just uh, cracked me up. Anyway, I, um, I wanted to talk about this last week, but... But I got so distracted by all that North Korea stuff, I kind of uh, uh, lost track. Um, but my wife and I, uh, Mrs. Mad, and our group of friends uh, had the opportunity to do the Washington Wine Express. And I wanted to talk about that for uh, for a couple minutes. Um, this is really cool. It's, uh, it's put on by the Mount Rainier Railroad and Logging Museum down near um, Olympia in kind of the, the southern part of Washington State, for those of you um, um, uh, listening from outside of the Pacific Northwest um, or don't uh, live here. Um, it's a it, it's a wine tasting train ride. Uh, that takes you on this neat. Um, it, it's a it's a it takes you to a really cool uh, living history museum. It's full of old steam powered locomotives and uh, artifacts from the early logging days of Washington State because we were uh, we were huge uh, uh, logging area with all the trees and stuff. Um, uh, but there was a there was a great picnic dinner and wine tasting stations staged all throughout the museum area. Um, which uh, was uh, kind of set up like an authentic logging camp from the 1890s. Um, so what this does is it gives you the opportunity to uh, kind of move around, mix and mingle, and check everything out. Um, highly recommended. And the uh, the proceeds from these events, and they do like a few of these every year. Um, I think they have like a Christmas train, and I think they have... Uh, just regular tours also. Um, this was like a um, kind of like a, a larger event though, like with uh, tying in the wine tasting with um, uh, so many local wineries. Um, uh, but anyway, it's uh, highly recommended. Uh, definitely check it out. And the proceeds for these um, events uh, actually support the museum. Uh, so it's all really cool. Uh, plus the staff was really great and they... Um, <laughs> they were really patient with us um, and put up with us being so rowdy. I mean, there were uh, eight of us and celebrating our friend Carol's birthday. So yeah, after um, after a few uh, wine tastings, we were we were uh, uh, getting pretty rowdy. Um, I uh, uh, also wanted to give a a uh, shout out to um, this is not her name, but uh, anybody that's listening uh, that was there will know this. Uh, I'll call her Bear Ash Amy. She uh, um, Amy was one of the folks that was uh, uh, taking care of us in the uh, train, and one of the wines was. Um, oh, I got it right here. Uh, bear ash red. Uh, you know, like bear, like the animal. B E A R. Um, uh, that by uh, Silvara uh, Silvara Winery. Um, really good. But anyway, yeah. So it was all all of the bear ash jokes. It's like uh, Mrs. Mad was all about that. She was like, "Give me some more of that bear ash." And 
So anyway, uh, uh, she was a really good sport, and uh, um, yeah, it was really cool. And and all the wines were really good, too. Um, so um, if you want to learn more about the Mount Rainier Railroad, check out their website at mtrainierrailroadalloneword.com. Also have a link to that in the show notes. But um, the the reason why I'm telling this story is, uh, I mean, obviously that was a that was a really cool adventure for us. But um, uh, the reason why I wanted to loop back around to this is because I I've learned that in the world of uh, radio broadcasting, uh, much like I, I would imagine much other. Um, uh, uh, workplaces that it's a it's a small world um so we're doing this uh this wine tasting train ride and we're walking around the museum and checking out all the steam powered locomotives and all like you know the vintage artifacts and all that other stuff and out of the corner of my eye i see somebody that i think i recognize from work now the thing is with me is i'm i'm really good with faces but only when I have context. So, like, if I recognize your face, but it's not where it belongs, like, for example, if I see somebody from work at a uh, a wine tasting thing in LB, Washington, um, I, I'm not going to put two and two together. So, so I have this experience where it's like, I think I saw that person. And uh, um, later on, you know, kind of towards the end of the thing, um, I, I hear from, you know, the, the corner of my ear, Hey Mike. And I turn around and it's this, uh, this person that I thought I saw earlier, um, works at, uh, uh used to work in, uh, the HR department of the, uh, um, uh, uh, radio station I work at, and it was just interesting because I had um, I had just seen her the day before. Um, of uh, was getting some um, uh, getting some uh, uh, tickets to a baseball game uh, that that I got through the radio. And um, anyways, so it, it was it was just really odd because we kind of made uh, uh, you know small talk for a sec. I introduced her to uh, uh, Mrs. Mad. Uh, <laughs> I did not introduce her as Mrs. Mad though. I you know I, I actually used her real name. Uh, introduced her to my wife. Um, but you know we we just kind of chatted for for a couple few minutes and kind of went our separate ways. And it was all it was all really cool. You know, just kind of like a you know, kind of like a, it's a small world type moment, you know, what are the chances? Okay. So I, I'm not sure how I want to approach this because, um, you know, my, uh, <laughs> my wife was picking on me and she says, I have a bit of a, uh, nerd crush on my boss and she's probably not wrong. I, uh, um, I, I spent a lot of time talking to my boss. He has a lot of uh, similar interests. He's, you know, into um, uh, nerdy Star Wars stuff. And and uh, I uh, th- th- there was one time after work that I spent, no joke, over an hour uh, talking to him about um, the best ways to watch Star Wars. He apparently has a robust Laserdisc collection. Um, and, uh, anyway, got to, got just, you know, just got kind of got to talking and, and nerding out a bit. And, but here's the deal. My, uh, um, uh, my boss, um, does a couple different podcasts and I'm, um, he's, he's mentioned them, 
um, a few different times throughout the time that I've uh, uh, worked where I worked at, at my radio stations. Um, but I hadn't really had the opportunity to check them out. I, you know, he, he would tell me the names of them and I'd forget. Well, like I would think about it and I would forget. Well, I, um, I, I finally, after this conversation uh, with him about these, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the Star Wars despecialized editions and uh, just, again, all kinds of nerd stuff. I finally decided to check out his podcast and they're pretty freaking awesome. Um, I, I Now, here's where I'm going to be careful because... Um, he uses a stage name. He doesn't go by his actual name on his shows. Um, so I'm not going to use either his stage name or his actual name just to kind of protect the, um, (laughs) the names of the innocent. But, um, I, uh, I stumbled across a episode of his podcast where he is talking to this uh, this gal I had seen at the wine thing who works in our HR department. Apparently, um, uh, she had been working in the building about as long as he had and was an intern on his show. And there was like this connection that went all the way back that I had no idea about. Um, he was uh, digging up uh, vintage clips of her uh, <laughs> talking on the show way back when. And I am just freaking out because it's like, um, you know, the, this person that I had only known for a very short time is on a podcast with my boss and they're just uh, um, uh, talking it up and it was really, really cool. Um, oh, incidentally, geez, Mike, I um, uh, another thing that I'd mentioned or had, had neglected to mention, geez, I've been, I've been working all day, so I'm a little rummy. Apologies. Um, but um, this, uh, this gal was, uh, she had uh, put in her notice, quit her job, and is uh, moving out of the country. So that's why she was kind of on this podcast, kind of uh, reflecting on that. Anyway, um, this was this was a whole surreal experience because it was just kind of like this whole new secret world that I had not realized that was uh, going on beyond behind the scenes. And even now, I uh, this was this was well over a week ago. I'm still really nervous that I I kind of want to interact with my boss's podcast because it's really good. But I also kind of want to keep that degree of separation. Like, uh, my thing is, is I'm very much what I would consider to be an active listener. You know, it's like I will uh, interact with my favorite shows. And that's one of the things that's gotten me so interested in uh, a career in radio and podcasting and, and doing my own thing. That's kind of what leads me here talking to you today is, you know, kind of being an active listener. Um, but I don't know if I want to be an active listener of his show because I think that just might make things kind of kind of weird. I don't know. Um, so maybe I could use some advice on that. Um, uh, let me know what you think. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about kind of coming out of this a little bit, because uh, I was actually kind of going somewhere with this, is the perspective of stage names. Like I mentioned earlier, my my boss has there there is 
zero connection to his podcast and Twitter persona to what he does here at work. Whereas I've taken a completely different approach. I'm talking to you here. You know, my name is in the show. It's Mike Seibert Radio. And my Twitter life, you know, I mean, you can figure out where I work just by following me on Twitter because I participate very heavily in what all of the stations in the building I work at are um, all about. And I don't want to mention it here you know, just because, again, maybe I want to create a little bit of separation. So I, I think I've kind of gotten myself into a little bit of a hole in that I kind of want to have it both ways in that I, I want to kind of be relatively anonymous, but not so much because I've put my name into things. So I've got myself into a little bit of a quandary. So um, I, I I don't know if I want to change my name now. That that would be kind of dumb. Um, but I, I would be kind of curious to hear what you have to, uh, what you think about the perspective of using stage names versus your real names uh, versus, I don't know, I'm just kind of floundering here. Um, but uh, another aspect I wanted to talk about was uh, um, the thing that I had heard in my boss's podcast when he had a conversation with this um um, with this lady from work that was leaving, she talked about um, the perspective of blogging and journaling. And I mean, they, they were talking about from the perspective of social media, like they were talking about their old MySpace page, uh, pages and old Facebook posts and kind of using that as kind of like a time capsule to kind of, you know, reflect on the way you were. And for me, that's what this podcast really actually is. I love talking to you. I love telling my goofy stories that go absolutely nowhere. Um, I've, uh, you know, I, I did it in college radio for a couple years. And now that I'm working in uh, a professional radio behind the scenes, I, you know, I, I don't have a show. I'm not on the mic. I, you know, I, I participate in my shows uh, that I work for a little bit, but certainly not as a featured personality. And I actually kind of like it that way um, because it, it gets me to focus on the behind the scenes technical work. Um, and I like that. But uh, podcasting kind of gives me an opportunity to. Um, again, just kind of tell stories and, you know, share with, uh, with you what's on my mind in a particular week. Um, and what I landed on was that it's kind of a form of journaling. So if, if you're, if you're still tuned in, if you haven't tuned out yet from all of my rambling, um, I guess I just kind of wanted to touch on that for a hot sec because I, 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 I know I overshare and I know I go way too much in baseball. One of the advice things that I've heard is um, talk about the sausage. Don't talk about how the sausage is made. Unfortunately, I've always been a how the sausage has been made kind of person in the way that that I talk about and present things. Um, and I've gotten to the point in my broadcasting perspective is that I'm OK with that. Um, it's more important for me to talk to you and if it connects with you, great. If not, that's okay too. 
Um, but I, I, I think that's, I think that's the direction I want to go with this show is more of a, um, journaling, sharing, uh, type of thing. Um, uh, obviously if you're, uh, entertained, awesome. Um, if not, I totally understand, you know, different strokes for different folks. But, um, one of, uh, one of my mentors, uh, award-winning journalist, Charlie Harger, um, he's, uh, he's. I, I I went up to him uh, a couple weeks ago and I was telling him that I was going to start uh, podcasting again, that I was going to start doing this. And he's like, you have the itch. And, and he's absolutely right. You know, it's like um, almost as soon as I um, uh, stopped hosting the Monday project on KGRG, I almost immediately started getting itchy there. There's a distinctive feeling that comes with talking into a microphone and I missed it almost immediately. So, so yeah, it was, uh, um, anyway, that, that's, that, that's another reason why I'm doing this podcast is, you know, to, to scratch that itch. All right. Enough of that. Um, after the break, I've got a song from a sci-fi rapper out of Chicago so obsessed with Star Wars that he made a music video with force lightning and lightsabers. Darth Perfectus is next. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Question 17. When choosing a seat at a largely empty movie cinema, do you... A. Sit directly in front of another person. B. Sit right alongside a couple clearly enamored with one another. Or C. Take a seat away from other patrons that afford you a good view. If you answered A or B, fuck you! For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tune into the Dave Sanders Show every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific time to learn about the news of the world. What the hell is that? A killer robot monster? No, Stewie. Not news of the world. The actual news of the world. I'll tell you what the news of the world is. We're in a lot of no, Stewie, that's an album. But we are going to talk about what's going on all around the country, the world, what's hot in TV, movies, video games, hell, even sports, wrestling, pretty much anything. We're going to cover it right here on The Dave Sanders Show every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific. Check out our Twitter at Dave Sand Show to find out when new episodes are uploaded every Friday. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Tip 21. If your portable telephone rings whilst you're enjoying a film, it is a dick move to answer your telephone and speak at a normal volume during the screening. Instead, exit the cinema and return the call in private. It should have been off anyway, fuckhead! For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. WTF. 
The Nerdist, Rooster Teeth, Adam Carolla, Serial. You, you listen to podcasts, want to do one and not completely suck at it? I'm Charlie Harger. I teach digital radio. You'll have a podcast and your own radio show. Think of it as a podcasting boot camp. So sign up now. Journalism 120 meets twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Podcasting, your own show. Journalism 120 here at Green River College. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Tip 43. When attending the cinema with your good friends or significant other, don't assume anyone else has any interest in what you have to say. So, always remember... Whisper, fuckface. It's not rocket science. For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Lightning, unplug your power cord Turn your lights out, I'm a Sith Lord Darth Vegas, make sure they all die Make sure they all feel the power of the dark side It all started way before I came into my current form Evacuations, earthquakes, and minor storms They tried to mimic me, bury me as a result of my tyranny As we told in Christian and Muslim prophecy Ain't no stopping me, power had no limitations I could have murdered child when he was writing revelations Red infestations, who wanted to play creations Engineered the pyramids and took over a nation With mystic incantations, veteran the reincarnation What you facing is worse than a myth you call Satan I'm wasting my time being in human form I tear apart your galaxy, you've been warm Extra dimensional, nobody enter my space I leave you with dementia Silence describes my distinction Wipe humanity from the earth, extinction Force lightning, unplug your power cord Until I 
was Darth Perfectus by Ambush Vin, and you're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. And earlier this week, I sent out a tweet asking for suggestions for new nerd music for me to feature on this week's show. And this was one of the responses I got. And I, I just thought it was really cool that Ambush Vin sent me his song. Um, his uh, Twitter bio, at uh, Ambush Vin, reads, I'm a proud dad, huge Star Wars geek, and comic addict who happens to be a sci-fi rapper. I rap about my fave fandoms as well as real life. Don't doubt my bars! <laughs> so um, uh, the video for this song, Darth Perfectus, is really great, too, uh, with some pretty wild special effects. Um, again, like I mentioned, uh, Force Lightning and uh, lightsabers. It, it's really cool. Um, I'll have a link in the show notes, but also check out his other stuff at ambushvin.com. I actually want to take a minute or two to talk about music and what I'm trying to do with it on my podcast. Um, Here's the deal. I know, being a podcast listener myself, that you don't listen to podcasts for music. I get it. However, I thought it would be fun to use the show as a um, platform to highlight not just nerd music, but new nerd music. Uh, One of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is expand on some of the things I used to do during my college radio show. And while I was always a champion for new music, uh, nerd music, and I I was one of the uh, the first people that brought nerd rock and nerdcore to KGRG al- along with a couple other folks. Um, I never really found the time to be like right on top of what's new, and that's something I'd like to uh, focus on here. So um, here's my invitation. If you are a nerd music artist and would like to share your music with me and my audience, um, I'd like to include it here on the podcast. I, I'm sorry, I I, I, um, I don't have a radio station to broadcast your stuff over the air anymore, but uh, what I can offer you is a passion for the genre and uh, maybe a little exposure along the way. Um, send... Uh, send me your stuff. Uh, send it to the mailbag, uh, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com, or hit me up on Twitter, uh, like Ambush Vin did, at MikeSybertRadio. Uh, likewise, if you're listening and have a suggestion for cool new uh, nerd music uh, artists or songs, uh, hit me up. Uh, I'd really like to stay focused on what's new out in the scene. I mean, that 
that was um, uh, that was kind of the rut I ran myself into uh, at KGRG, kind of leaning heavy into uh, greatest hits from MC Lars, Kirby Crackle, MC Chris, and the like. Um, I want to highlight fresh material um, because that's the other thing about nerd music. The um, uh, the turnaround can be really fast sometimes. I mean, I know both uh, Kirby Crackle and MC Lars crank out at least two songs a month out on their Patreon pages. Um, so I get that there's constantly uh, new stuff being um, uh, put out there. Uh, like this next song I've got for you. Um, I followed these guys for a while now. And this week they released a new song from their upcoming album, and it just couldn't be any more timely. In fact, it doesn't really need any further instruction. It's Mega Thruster out of Portland with the Nazi punching song on Mike Seibert Radio. fought in World War II, dropping bombs far across the sea. And when I was young, one day he called me over and sat me upon his knee. And he told me tales of courage and what it means to be free. And when he was done, he looked me straight in the eyes, and this is what he said to me. Grandson, you haven't lived till you punched a Nazi right in the face. Grandson, you haven't lived. So you put a fascist right in his place For you, they never make him a time Cause we kick their sorry behinds Grandson, you haven't lived So you punched a Nazi right in the face La 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 My grandmother taught Morris code to the soldiers While they were being trained she told me stories of how many men she would never see again And the ones who made it back saw horrors they couldn't unsee But there was absolutely one thing upon which they all could agree Grandson, you haven't lived till you punched a Nazi right in the face Grandson, you haven't lived till you put a fascist right in his place For you, they never make him a time cause we kick their sorry behinds Grandson, you haven't lived till you punched a Nazi right in the face. La 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 la. And now they're both gone, and I miss them so, even though it might be for the best. Cause the lessons they taught must have been forgotten, and we might have all failed the test. It looks like the Nazis didn't go away, and neither did their sick views. And I can hear my grandparents like it was yesterday every time I turn on the news. Grandson, you haven't lived till you punched a Nazi right in the face. Grandson, you haven't lived till you put a fascist right in his place. For you, they never make him a time because we kick their sorry behinds. Grandson, you haven't lived till you punched a Nazi right in the face. La 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 la. You can watch the video for the Nazi punching song on YouTube, and you can name your price to purchase the single on Mega Thrusters Bandcamp page with all proceeds to be donated to the Southern Poverty Law Center, a group that monitors hate groups and other extremists throughout the United States and exposes their activities to the public, the media, and law enforcement. 
So I wanted to briefly talk about the KGRG Awards Banquet that happened this last week. Um, uh, but before I get into that, I want to tell you about this 4DX screening of Annabelle Creation I went to. Um, I had a few hours to kill in between when I got off work and the banquet, and I figured a great way to burn a good chunk of that time would be to go check out a movie, you know, like you do. Um, here's the problem, though. I, I've seen just about every movie out this summer already, and I'm not sure how excited I would have been to go back to any of them, um, especially by myself. Uh, uh, Mrs. Mad and I, we, you know, as you've heard in the last couple episodes, we uh, we go to uh, the movies together. It's something that we do, and it's it's very rare um, that I go see a movie by myself. Um so anyway, so I, I just I, I was kind of stuck. Um, it was it was actually while I was checking showtimes that I stumble across the theater here in Seattle that actually has the 4DX screen. I'm not sure if you've heard of this or not, but uh, this is actually really cool. You know how Universal Studios and some of the Disney parks have those uh, uh, 4D experience? Like there's like, I think, like Disney did a Muppets one. I think Universal had like a Shrek thing. Um, anyway, it's it's like there's vibrating chairs and wind and rain and stuff, uh, uh, as well as a 3D show. Um you know, actually kind of like kind of like T2 3D back in the day where it's like it's a 3D show, but there's also like, uh, you know, like some rain effects and things like that. Anyway, uh, that that's exactly what this is. It's a theme park ride as a movie. Um, the, the chair tilts and moves. Uh, there are uh, wind machines, flashing lights, and all kinds of other uh, uh, cool things. In fact, I, um, I actually kept the goofy flyer um, from the thing because I, I just thought it was so cool. Um, so it says, uh, th- this is uh, uh, from Regal Cinemas, and it says, In, uh, 4DX, immerse all your senses, exclamation point. 4DX is a state-of-the-art technology that delivers an immersive, multi-sensory cinematic experience. High-tech motion seats synchronized with a variety of environmental effects. Films may include experiences such as wind, gentle breeze or turbulent storm in the the, uh, comforts of the auditorium, uh, vibration, shaking and rumbling with the effects on the screen, rain, a gentle or heavy rain and even showers with rain effects, a lightning, thunder with flashes of light just inches away, a snow, uh, a falling snow bringing a, a glowing ambience to the auditorium, bubbles, uh, bubbles filling the auditorium and creating a fantastic atmosphere, uh, water, um, uh, various water effects like uh, water shot and mist, uh, scents, this is crazy. Uh, a variety of uh, fragrant scents spreading in the auditorium. Um, smell of vision, I suppose. Uh, motion, uh, dynamic motion and movements that heave, roll, and pitch. Uh, this is wild. Uh, rainstorm, a fierce storm with rain swirling in the whole auditorium. Uh, wind, uh, different combinations of air shots, including uh, inducing a vivid sensation. And finally, fog, um, explosion, smoke, and fog become a reality. I didn't have nearly all of those. I didn't have no scents. I didn't have no rainstorms. Uh, but plenty of fog and wind and lightning and, and vibrations and, and all that other stuff. 
In fact, it's funny, on my um, uh, chair, there was a button. It says, water on, water off. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but fortunately, I didn't have the uh, opportunity to uh, uh, discover that. Um uh, but but yeah, the the chair tilts and moves uh, again. There's um, so there are only like five of these uh, movie theaters in the country that show uh, 4DX, and uh, the one in Seattle is one of only two on the entire West Coast. The other one is in California, um, and there's two in New York and one in Orlando. Um, so anyway, so they were showing Annabelle Creation on this thing. And I um I can't remember the last time I've actually watched a horror movie. Um, the wife is not about that. Um, she doesn't really dig on the horror movies, which means by default I'm not about that. No. Um, uh, see, actually, it's it's honestly it's just that I'm not all that interested in contemporary horror movies. You know, it's like I I. I loved uh, horror movies when I was a kid, you know, like uh, uh, slasher movies and and especially terrible horror movies like um, that. That's some of my favorite memories uh, growing up uh, uh, watching terrible horror movies with my grandmother. And I think the reason why I'm not so much into uh, contemporary horror movies is um, I, I, I think the special effects are just too realistic. Um, yeah, the, the, the gore is just, uh, maybe too real for my taste. Um, but, but I thought this would be perfect because it's a movie that Mrs. Mad has no interest in and it, you know, it'd be kind of a cool novelty. Um, and it actually was. And not for nothing, um, the movie wasn't too bad. And with the uh, the 4DX, and you know, like I said, I mean, like all of that cool stuff, uh, this didn't have a lot of that. Um, it, it was more subtle. Like there would be like sweeping overhead shots, and the chair would just kind of tilt slightly. Or like if it was like kind of like a swirling camera uh, angle, the the chair would kind of turn. It wouldn't spin all the way around, but it would turn to make your perspective kind of askew. Um, and you know, like there, there, like I said, there was the wind. There was some cool extra uh, stereo effects, like you know things that go bump in the night. Um, but but I think the thing that really made this super cool and kind of made the experience for me was uh, the jump scares. Now th- there are a bunch of jump scares in this movie, and I think by themselves they're kind of cheesy. But when your chair jolts at a at a good jump scare. There was a few times where I actually kind of like be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it, it actually kind of kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. And I, I remember there was a few times throughout the movie I was watching it that I was just laughing, um, not because I was laughing at the movie, but I was laughing because I was having a good time with it. It was like it was uh, uh, it was it, it was just really neat. Um and like I mentioned, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of um, horror movies, um, but watching Annabelle Creation, I wasn't as lost as I thought I would be, considering that this is the prequel to a spinoff of a sequel. And I just wasn't really, uh, you know, I, I guess these are like, you know, movies in like the Conjuring uh, universe or something. Um 
I don't know. I, I can't be bothered. But um, but it, it wasn't until the very end that I ended up getting completely confused and had no idea what was happening. Um, I can't even spoil it for you, um, so I'm not going to give a spoiler alert because... I have no idea what was even happening. My uh, my guess is that the ending that I saw in Annabelle Creation was somehow catching up and lining up with some of those other Conjuring movies. Um, it was really jarring. It was like there's like a huge time jump and a whole bunch of characters that, you know, I, I, I think I'm supposed to recognize from other movies. Um, so anyhow, that's um, that's how I spent some of the time before dinner. Um, I definitely recommend uh, checking out the 4DX uh, for a cool novelty if you're cool with the higher ticket price. Uh, for one seat for a matinee showing, it was $20. Bucks. Um, so not awful considering how expensive regular movie ticket prices are, um, but it, it's not cheap either. Uh, I, I would imagine that something like, say, oh, I don't know, uh, uh, name your action movie. Oh, like uh, like The Hitman's Bodyguard just came out, and that's the new movie that's playing on the 4DX screen um, this week. Um, so I would imagine something like that where there's actually like explosions and and things like that to where, you know, you could really um, kind of have the seat kind of kind of kick your butt a little bit. Um, I, I think that would be kind of cool. So I uh, again, I, I uh, light recommend for Annabelle Creation and huge recommend for uh, 4DX for the fun novelty of it. So the KGRG Awards Banquet is an annual tradition that celebrates the end of the school year um, at the end of summer quarter, um, usually just before fall quarter. You know, we we kind of we kind of mark that as the the um, end of the year. Um, and, and it's just a great time where we get to hang out with each other outside of the radio station and recognize our achievements with some awards. Um, this particular one is um, was always going to be kind of special and significant for me because this is very likely my last one. Um, as you know, as as I can't stop talking about, I've um, I'm no longer hosting um, a show over at KGRG. I've moved on, and I'm uh, you know I, I'm pursuing my uh, job in professional radio. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not as involved with the college radio station anymore and, and that's okay because that's really what KGRG is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a transitional environment. I'm sure I've talked about that before and we'll continue to talk about it, but you know, people aren't supposed to be there forever. Um, so it's, um, my time was up. And so, so this was kind of like my, my last, uh, my last ride, my last, uh, roundup with, uh, um, with these guys. So it was, um, again, had a lot of significance for me. Now I've, um, I've attended this function, uh, three times and I, 
I felt my age. I uh, um, I felt like an old vet, you know, t- uh, talking about how the evening goes, meaning like how the how, what happens in the program, the sequence of events, you know, what to expect, uh, how dinner is supposed to be served. You know, you get the picture because like all of these folks, like especially like first or second quarter students are like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? So I'm, I'm kind of like old man Mike over here. And I'm like, OK, well, well, this is what happens. You know, the dinner is served family style and, you know, it's all just kind of free for all and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, oh, man, I, I tell you, though, it was great to reconnect with um, with a lot of uh, a lot of these folks, uh, some of which I hadn't seen for actually a few months and um, it was kind of funny. I, I was posting this on on Twitter, but um, I I also had enjoyed a uh, shock top or two. So um, you know, and I had just come from the movie, and I, I I was in a great mood. I was in a really great mood. So everybody I encountered got bro hugs. Um, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a relatively affectionate person, but I'll, I'll do like when I first meet you, I'll give you a handshake. Um, and then it becomes like, if you're, um, if, if you're my buddy, like a really good buddy, I will eventually give you the handshake and then pull it in for the over the shoulder bro hug. Uh, that's kind of my signature move, but um, but several of these uh, folks, I didn't even bother with the requisite handshake. I went straight for the uh, for the bro hug, and um, and and uh, there were two people in particular that I was um, thrilled to see. Uh, thrilled because I, I was surprised. I didn't expect to see them. One of them was uh, Desmond, the uh, um, uh, co-host on the Monday Project uh, uh, with Elijah. Um, he uh, He's an international student from Hong Kong. And I remember we were talking about the award ceremony a while ago, and he said that he wasn't going to be there because he... Um, uh, was getting ready to go back to Hong Kong um, for uh, uh, for a month or so before uh, fall quarter started. So I didn't expect to see him. Turns out um, Elijah kind of talked him into coming. So he uh, uh, Desmond sacrificed a little bit of his packing time to um, uh, to join us for the award show, and I I, I was ju- I was just thrilled. I, I was really, really uh, grateful that he uh, um, decided to join us. It was it, it was cool uh, for us to hang out together um, as a team. But I but I'm but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. Uh, the other person I was really excited to see was uh, Hunter. He um, he interned on my show with me um, uh, several quarters ago and is. Um, I think he's at WSU, um, but he, he's he's at a he transferred to a four year college and he's basically on the other side of the state. And I haven't seen him for uh, uh, quite some time. So apparently he's uh, he's back over on this side of the mountains for uh, uh, for summer break. And um, so, yeah, and and uh, some of his friends let him know about the uh, the awards and and the banquet. And so, yeah, so so uh, anyway, those were the two folks I was the um, uh, I I was really surprised um, uh, and and glad to see. 
Um, so I'm not going to get into a full recap, um, but there were a few folks that I actually wanted to give uh, some shout outs to here. So for the uh, second time during this extra length episode. So, um, so our our instructor and general manager uh, Tom Evans Krause, he um, he 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 was he was kind of the MC and went through you know kind of kind of exciting things throughout the year. But he uh, he gave uh, special recognition to two long running KGRG shows that have uh, finished up their run and aren't broadcasting anymore. And one of them was um, Late Night Death, uh, KGRG's home for heavy metal for uh, 13 years. And it was interesting. Um, Actually, you know, Late Night Death uh, wrapped up back in December, but, you know, it's part of the same uh, cycle in school year. So we... we, uh, uh, again, it was appropriate to to recognize that as, and again, it stands as the longest running show in KGRG history. So, um, uh, unless somebody that's starting a show today goes for another thirteen years, um, uh, Late Night Death will uh, hopefully retain that title for all times. But anyway, um, Tom was talking about uh, the host. Late Night Death has only had one host and goes by the name Killing Spree. Um, but it it was funny because when Tom was talking about Killing Spree, he referred to him by his his uh, his name, his actual name, and I um, you know, I I was talking to you earlier about stage names, and so thorough uh was Killing Spree's branding of that of that stage name that whenever I hear anybody talk to him by his not killing spree name, I bristle. Cause I'm like that. I don't know who that is. I know who killing spree is, but I, I, I don't know who, who this person you're referring to. So, and again, I mentioned I had had a couple shock tops throughout the day. So I was feeling a little frisky and a little rowdy. Uh, who am I kidding? I'm always rowdy in large group settings. Um, not necessarily a heckler, but I I I I, I make comments. But anyway, so he uh, Tom was talking about a killing spree, and I was like, "That's not his name." <laughs> and uh, and Tom was like, "You know what? You're absolutely right." And uh, so yeah, so he kind of beckons to the audience and says, "Okay, so what what is his name?" And all in unison, we all said, "Killing spree." And it was it was just really cool. It was a really fun moment for us to kind of, in my opinion, kind of salute everything that Killing Spree and Late Night Death had accomplished on KGRG. And it was uh, it, it was just a neat send off. It was something small, but it it, it still tickled me, and I um, I appreciated it. Um, another long time KGRG show that um, that isn't broadcasting on that station anymore is Dead Air, um, your home for hardcore radio. Um, but their situation is a little different than Late Night Death. Uh, basically, um, I've talked about this on the on the show before, but uh, basically. Uh, work got in the way to where Killing Spree couldn't do the show anymore. He, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, working part time at a, a radio station here in town, plus his full time job, and unfortunately, just doesn't have time for it anymore. Uh, that's kind of, kind of, kind of the thing in uh, in 
um, in radio, uh, especially when you're doing it as a hobby. You know, a lot of uh, podcasters that you guys are listening probably can relate with that quite a bit. Um, but anyhow, yeah. So so he Killing Spree ended late night death because he couldn't do it anymore. Dead Air was a different story. They are moving to radio station NWCZ, which is a local Northwest online radio station that the uh, uh, host uh, and good buddy of mine, uh, X Trevbot X, um, uh, has been working at for a while. So basically, Dead Air um, has been picked up. You know, they're they're uh, going to be paid for doing their show, which for anybody that's ever started a show on KGRG, that's that's really kind of the goal. And the the aspiration is to kind of do what you're doing for free and for fun um, and and actually make some money on it. So so I got to tip my hat to uh, X Trevbach X and Dead Air for uh, for for getting picked up. That's that's super cool. So. So, um, um, talking about the awards, though, um, I got to share something with you. It, it's time for truth. I um, I had a really good year um, at KGRG. I did a lot of things that I felt very proud of and felt very, very good about. And um, I thought... That this was going to be, quote unquote, my year. Um, And what I mean by that is that I thought, because I have seen this from other broadcasters in the past, um, I have seen people basically sweep the awards where they win all of the major awards. You know, kind of like during the Oscars or the Emmys where like one thing comes along and just steamrolls over everything else. Um, I saw that last year with our uh, uh, brand new morning show, The Buzz, that I was a part of. And um, anyway, that that any, everybody, especially the host, uh, Cork, um, everybody associated with that show, basically, um, that dominated the awards, and and it was great. It was I was very happy and very prideful. However, going into this year. I thought this is my year because of the team that I've built um, with uh, the Monday Project and the things that I've done as a broadcaster. I thought this is my year. I'm going to sweep the awards. Um, and um, it was I, I was very pleased with the way all of the awards uh, fell. My uh, my uh, co-host and protege, Elijah, um, he won uh, Rookie of the Year for uh, KGRG-FM's sister station, KGRG-1. Uh, that's... Um, um, I don't want to get off track, but that's our um, online radio station that um, basically that Charlie Harger teaches for digital radio. But anyway, um, Elijah won Rookie of the Year, um, and that that was really, really cool. Super proud of him. Um, a uh, Another apprentice of mine, uh, Taylor, um, she is uh, KGRG's uh, current promotions director, and promotions won uh, Department of the Year. That was that was an award that I won last year as the webmaster, um, and I thought I was going to repeat. I I swear, but uh, but Taylor very much deserves it. She's been she's been kicking butt in promotions, and um, I, I I couldn't be couldn't be more proud. 
Um, again, I thought I was going to win it, but I'm happy that that um, that somebody just is as a deserving one as well. Um, the award that I honestly thought I was going to take is Broadcaster of the Year. Now, that's basically like you're kind of, you know, kind of king of the hill. You're the, you know, you're recognized by your peers as being the best radio personality. It's, you know, it's not just your on-air presentation, but it's also, you know, your level of engagement with the station is, as well as some other intangible stuff. Because really, all of these awards are based upon peer vote. You know, we, we vote for each other, so it's not like, you know, up to listener consensus or anything like that, and it could be argued that it's a bit of a popularity contest, and I wouldn't disagree with that, but I don't know. I think making friends is kind of part of it also, but but I don't, I don't want to get lost in the weeds. Um, Corey won Broadcaster of the Year last year as host of the Buzz Morning Show, as well as everything else he was doing. And because of um, the way that Tom described what he feels that Broadcaster of the Year is, somebody that really embodies the spirit of everything that KGRG is all about, um, for the second year in a row, uh, my man Cork, host of the Buzz Morning Show, uh, won Broadcaster of the Year. Um, and, and I couldn't be happier. Um, I think I I had a bit of a pipe dream where I thought I was going to win it. I I uh and it was just because of uh pride in what I had done uh with the show and how I was as a broadcaster. Um but when you put all of the intangibles together, I mean like this dude knows how to do sound for live band sets, something I don't know how to do. As well as just, uh, you know, being uh, far more actively engaged. He deserves it. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. Totally happy for him. So I, uh, I thought, again, I, was, I, I had this triumvirate in my mind, this trilogy of awards that I was going to sweep. I thought I was going to get promotions. I, I'm sorry, I thought I was going to get Department of the Year, Broadcaster of the Year, and the third award uh, is a specialty show of the year, and that's where you know it's it's in the name. And I remember sitting with uh, Elijah and Desmond, and we were you know very excited, but we weren't we weren't saying a whole lot. We hadn't really talked about whether we thought we were going to win or what would happen if we win or what happened if we didn't win. We didn't talk about anything. And then um, Tom announces it. This was actually the award before Broadcaster of the Year. I'm telling the story out of order for, for emphasis. The Monday Project wins Specialty Show of the Year for 2017 for KGRG. And the moment that was the most special for me is Tom announces it. Elijah and I just look at each other and we just kind of like do this, 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 uh, I, I don't even know what to call it, but basically we just kind of like eased back in our chairs, just kind of like, whoa. And the three of us walked up there, myself, Elijah and Desmond, and we, we accepted, you know, the, the award for specialty show of the year for the Monday project. And, um, 
So I, I wrote a post on Instagram. I, I, um, I took a picture of our plaque that says, you know, KGRG 89.9 FM, specialty show of the year, the Monday Project 2017. And I, uh, I wrote the following because I, I, I don't think I can more um, succinctly re-articulate my feelings other than just re- <laughs> reading my own post, which I took a while to write also. But, um, but I wrote on Instagram... Um, uh, thank you to all of the friends, family, fans, listeners, hosts, and guests that made this happen. This is so special and meaningful to me because this isn't an individual accomplishment. It's a team recognition, and I couldn't ask for a better legacy than that. And that kind of sums up my feeling on um, on the KGRG Awards. It would have been cool to win Department of the Year, but... Who cares? I'm I'm not going to be the webmaster soon. I'm transitioning that over to Elijah. Um, I would much rather uh, Taylor, who's somebody that's actively involved with the program, take that award and you know use that momentum to kick even more butt in the future. Um, same thing with uh, Corey, my man Cork. You know he deserves to be broadcaster of the year because he's he is an excellent broadcaster, and I I wish him all of the best. The one that I really wanted to win, I won. Uh, specialty show of the year because, um, again, it, it's it's all about the team that we had built and the show that we had fostered. And now that I have had the unique opportunity to take something that I developed and that uh, with uh, friends and family because like uh like for example mrs mad uh my wife came up with the name she's like why don't you call it the monday project plus i've gotten lots of input from uh you know other uh kgrg broadcasters and uh, so many people have been guests on the show um it's that's the part that I remember. That's what I take with me. That's my legacy that I was able to create this thing that other people can now take and enjoy. And I just, I, 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 I can't, I, I, I don't know how else to articulate, um, the, the feeling of pride that I have for my show mates and, and for myself, it just, it, it feels good. You know, I, I, I shared some truth with you earlier that, you know, these were the awards I wanted, uh, didn't get them all. This is the one that I am the most satisfied with and feel the best about. So um, so that's my side of the story. Um, I'd encourage you to tune into KGRG on Monday night to get Elijah's take on things uh, because I'm sure he'll be talking about it as well. Um, I've left out um, a couple observations I had um, to kind of give him some uh, um, uh, some things to talk about because this is going to come out Sunday night and might uh, dovetail nicely with what he's doing uh, Monday night. Um, so I, I, I think I'll just leave it there and I think, uh, I think it's time to move on. 
Before I get out of here this week, because, well, there's a, there's not a football game for me to run home to, and even if there was, I'm running way late. I, uh, I worked late this afternoon, and... Um, and I'm talking to you for a really long time, so uh, uh, thank you for hanging with me. Uh, but before I, I call it a week, um, I want to play one more song for you and give some hype uh, to some great friends of the show. Uh, local band Flicker and Fade is playing their first show as a new band this Wednesday at the Funhouse in downtown Seattle uh, with Civil Youth, Moments, and Mr. Master, um, all of which are awesome bands, too. Um, we uh, uh, we we featured them, uh, Flicker and Fade, that is. Uh, we featured them on the Monday Project twice. Uh, first as These Young Fools, but then later as Flicker and Fade. And honestly, those were two of my very favorite shows uh, that I've done on the radio. Um, check them out. They're great. And if you want to uh, listen back to those Artist Takeover episodes, just look further back in the feed. Um, uh, really fun stuff. Uh, but their uh, their debut EP uh, called Start a Fire is available now for streaming and download uh, everywhere you get digital music. Um, this is a tune called Tension. Hope you like it.
That was Tension by Flicker and Fade. Be on the lookout for the music video for that song soon. Um, I've been uh, uh, checking out their Twitter and Instagram feeds and seeing some cool behind-the-scenes stuff um, as uh, as they've been working on it and uh, filming it. It's uh, It's going to be great. And that's all I've got for you this week. Um, if you want to go back and check out all of my past shows and podcasts, including all of my old KGRG stuff, you can listen on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on iTunes. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. I would appreciate the feedback, and I will read your reviews on the air. You can find me everywhere on the internet at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram or the mailbag at Mike Seibert Radio. Coming up over the next couple weeks, I've got a few guests I'm really excited to have on the show, including Chris Kim, the Green Korean himself, Eric Mannix from the Out of the Fridge podcast, my girl Dave, the host of the newly launched Dave Sanders show, and I might even be able to snag some time with some of my other KGRG fam too as well sometime in the future. Plus, more fresh new nerd music. All of that and more on Mike Seibert Radio. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time, make good choices. Oh yeah, don't stare at the eclipse.